They've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Well, welcome to Bible with the Barbers, and Merry Christmas to everyone. It is still Christmas. We are Catholics. We are celebrating Christmas Day all week long. We celebrate Christmas Day for eight days. The Gloria was supposed to be said at Mass every day this week, and all not just Sunday, but for every day, because every day is Christmas Day. So we're still celebrating Christmas, Merry Christmas, and there's a Happy New Year coming up. Uh, that's the calendar year, not the liturgical year, but Happy New Year and a time to to take stock of life and um, say, where am I going? Where have I been? Where am I going? Where did I come from? And where am I supposed to be going ultimately? And am I trying to live for God or am I just living for myself? So we need to really examine. And um, by the way, Virgin Most Powerful Radio depends on your support. So I want to ask all of you who are in a position to do so, please make an end of the year donation. It's tax deductible to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You can do that um, online or um, call um, 877-526-2151. And um, Terry's not with me today, but my guardian angel's here and he's with me in spirit. And we want to look at the gospel of the day. And I today I, I titled the radio show, Jesus Christ, the Light of the World, or something to that example, um, to that effect. But the, the idea being that Christ is the light. And and then I went to Mass this morning, um, and guess what the gospel was? My word, the gospel today is from the first chapter of the gospel of John. It's called the prologue. The prologue of the chapter of the Gospel of John. So we'll read that and I'll comment on that. And then actually we'll kind of continue that through the show today because we're talking about the light, Christ the light, the true light, the only light that gives us light. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for testimony to bear witness to the light that all men might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came unto his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, the glory as of the only son of the father. John bore witness to him and cried, this is he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me, for he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, 
Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only Son who is in the bosom of the Father has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. And today's gospel may have been a little longer at Mass. I don't have my missile, so, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on that first part there. And we're told that he is the light. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So God is the origin of all life. God is the origin of all that is good. And that life that he gives is the light that enlightens us. And of course, we're told in the letter of John, the first letter of John, that God is love. And he is a community of love and life. And that life enlightens us. It shows us how we should live. You know, it's funny. People sometimes want to make their own rules. Adam and Eve had that temptation in the beginning. You know, when Satan came and said, oh, you won't die if you eat from the fruit. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, you can decide what is good and evil for yourself, and you don't need God to tell you. And it seems that that temptation is so much alive that it hasn't died out, that we're still buying into this lie from Satan that we can decide for ourselves what's good and evil. You know, my truth and your truth, and that may be true for you, but that's not true for me. You know, people, if it's truth, real truth with a capital T, it's true for everyone. It's like gravity. You know, you may say, well, I can fly and I don't believe in gravity. Well, when you jump off the roof, it's not the fall that hurts. It's the sudden stop at the end. And um, it's a rude awakening. So we, we want to make sure we're rooted in reality. And, and it, it, there are certain things that are subjective truths. For instance, um, I can't eat shellfish. Oh, well, why? You know, but because I'm allergic to them. So for me, for my truth is with shellfish, uh, not a good thing to eat. My husband can't eat salmon. Why? Because he'll go into anaphylactic shock. Okay. So for his truth in regards to what he can eat, yeah, those things are, are subjective. You know, I like my coffee uh, decaffeinated with lots of milk in it. You know, I want a little cough with my milk. Um, but for other people, you know, they may drink their coffee straight or they may drink caffeinated coffee. You know, th- those, those kind of things, yes. There's, there's you know, your, tr- your truth with a small T. In other words, what is your preference? What makes you feel good or what's healthy for you? And that's even Hippocrates way back in the, you know, the Greek. Remember the Hippocratic Oath, the Greek doctor that, before Christ? And um, that that I will never prescribe any deadly drug or never do anything to kill a patient directly, <laughs> that I'm here to heal people. That's the Hippocratic Oath, you know, summarized, I'm paraphrasing. But Hippocrates said, cheese is a great food for those who can eat it. So even before the modern day and technology and before we did all this genetic modifying of food, back in way back in ancient Greece... They understood there were certain people who just couldn't eat cheese because it just wasn't good for them. So that kind of thing, yeah, those are, those are subjective things that, yeah, they change person to person. But there's an objective reality that stands outside of us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. This is an objective reality that stands outside of us. We don't decide who God is or how he is in himself. God reveals to us who he is and how he is in himself. And what I think about God doesn't change him one iota, but it changes me. It changes the way I react and respond. Do I understand that God is God and I am not? 
and that I can never be God. And as long as I live in the deception that I can decide what's good and evil, and I can decide how God is or who he is, then I'm living in a darkness, a deception. And that was the, Christ came to bring life, and the life that he brought was the light of men. So he comes to enlighten us. He comes to reveal the Father to us. In the Old Testament, God does not fully reveal himself as a trinity of persons. There are hints that God is a plurality in the beginning when God made man, he says, let us make man in our own image. And it's like, well, wait a minute, let us? Who's us? Okay, so God, but, but, but that he was a trinity of persons, he doesn't fully reveal. So gradually, he prepares his people to receive the fullness of his revelation, but the fullness will come in his time and in his way. And that is when the word becomes flesh and dwells among us. The word is God. God reveals himself as a trinity of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is the original family. Every family on earth and in heaven takes its name from the trinity. God, the original family, because he is Father, he is Son, and the essence of the family, which is love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So within the trinity, you have this community of love and life, and this is what the human family was made to image And when we do that, then we're in the light. Then we can walk in the light. And when we walk in the light, we don't stumble in the darkness. But if we don't walk in the light, if we decide for ourselves what's good and evil, if we decide for ourselves what's right and wrong, if we make a God after our own image, then we're not walking in the light. We need to conform our mind and heart to the reality that God is revealed because God is God and we are not. And he stands outside of us. He reveals himself to us. We don't dictate to him who he is. (laughs) You know, how often do we try? Oh, yes, we try. (laughs) All of us, we make that mistake. It's like, Lord, don't you think everything would have worked better if you did it this way? You know, okay, here's this situation over here, Lord. Here's a perfect solution, Lord. Can you just do this and fix this this way? And God's just looking at us and saying, would you step aside because you're standing in my way? He's waiting. He's waiting. Yeah, I can fix it, but he has to fix it in his way. He sees what is best. We don't see what's best. We see our own limited view of things, and we get it mixed up, and we also see it with a great deal of darkness, because as long as I'm trying to impose myself on God or impose myself on the universe or the world around me and say, oh, this is my reality, and so everybody else needs to conform to it, I'm living in darkness. I can't even see straight because I'm in darkness, and Christ comes to scatter the darkness. He comes to drive away the darkness of error and sin. You know, there's some just incredibly beautiful passages, and we're, we're focusing on this now because this is Christmas. It's still Christmas Day, and we have some beautiful, beautiful passages in the Old Testament. You have Wisdom 18, verses 14 and 15. For when peaceful stillness encompassed everything, and the night in its swift course was half spent, your all-powerful world from heaven's royal throne leapt into the doomed land. Where do we get the idea that Jesus was born at midnight? Wisdom 18, 14 and 15. So you are listening to Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. If you can make an end-of-the-year donation, that would be so helpful. It would be tax deductible. You can call 877-526-2151, or you can go online and make it online. And we'll be right back with more about Christmas. 
welcome to our January 11th, 2020 Spiritual Warfare Conference. Every year without fail, this is our most popular, well-attended event. This year's Spiritual Warfare Conference will host Adam Bly, a Catholic demonologist, and an auxiliary member of the International Association of Exorcists, along with Dr. Luis Sandoval, a psychiatrist who's part of the Healing, Deliverance, and Exorcism team for the Diocese of Orange. These two gentlemen bring tons of experience and expertise in the area of spiritual warfare. This is going to be a high-information Catholic seminar. I'll be there as well, sharing some riveting stories on the diabolical and liberation found through Jesus Christ from my best-selling book, The Devil in the City of Angels. Mark your calendars, come and join us, and meet other radio hosts from Jesus 911. Contrary to popular belief, spiritual warfare is not demon-centered. It's Christ-centered. Come join us and learn how to armor up and fight the good fight of faith. Catholics, wake up. Don't hit the snooze button. Join us at St. Christopher Catholic Church, 629 South Glendora Avenue, West Covina, California, on January 11, 2020. See you then. Strength and honor in Jesus' name. Jesus said to the apostles in Luke chapter 10, Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. According to St. Boniface, in her voyage across the ocean of this world, the church is like a great ship being pounded by the waves of life's different stresses. Our duty is not to abandon ship, but to keep her on course. May our Lord help us remain ever faithful to his church to aid and defend her. or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Well, welcome back. Terry isn't here today, but he's here in spirit, and um, our guarding angels are here. And so we're talking about the light, that, that, that the light, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and He is the light. He brings life, and that life is the light of men. And so... In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, we read, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. And then it goes on. And then verse 6, how is this light come? Who brings this light? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so we have this son of David who's going to be born, who's going to bring light into the darkness of the world. And I want to share with you today some thoughts from um, the... Advent Christmas newsletter of the Opus Sanctorum Angelorum. And they talk here in this about scattering the darkness in the light of Christ. So that's what our theme is today. We want to know that Christ is our light, okay? 
and he comes to scatter the darkness. And what is the darkness? Well, the darkness is sin, quite frankly. It's very simple. It boils down to that. You know, we say, well, what's the cause of all the problems in the world? And we talk about this, we talk about that. And what's the solution? Oh, education, more money, more this, more that, you know. And it all comes down to this, sin and repentance. The cause of all the problems in the world is sin. (laughs) And the answer is individual personal repentance. Go to confession. By the way, excellent thing to do today. Nab a priest and ask him to hear your confession. It's the end of the, the, the calendar year, a New Year's beginning. Make a resolution that beginning now, you're going to start going to confession once a month at minimum. So how do we scatter this darkness? Well, it's interesting. Did you notice when the shepherds are watching their flocks at night? It's midnight, okay? They're in the darkness. These men are out there in the, at night watching the flocks, and an angel of the Lord comes, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. All of a sudden, there's light. But what brings this light? This light is the message of the birth of Christ. The angel is announcing the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem of Judea. And what's interesting is the angels represent something. The angels represent all of us, okay? They were living on the outskirts of society, watching in the night, but they're images of the Christian vocation in the world today. We live in a world where the darkness is growing and growing and growing all around us. The darkness of spiritual confusion and blindness, the darkness of sin and coldness of heart, a society without God. Therefore, with no moral foundation, yet God sends his angels even today with the light of his love and the message and the mediators of his presence among us, his mercy and help in the darkness of the world around us. A child is born to us, a son is given to us, and that is Christ. The angels announced his birth. It's interesting. As I was reading this newsletter, a fiction story came to my mind, the Lord of the Rings. And what happens in the Lord of the Rings? You have this battle between good and evil, and the darkness is growing, and more and more people are being sucked up into the darkness. And if you remember, there was one particular king. It was He wasn't actually a king. He was a steward, the steward of Gondor. And the steward of Gondor had a like a little ball he could look into where he could see the future or what was going on. But the interesting thing about it is, these these little things were in the control of, of the enemy. They were in the control of him who was spreading the darkness, okay? And so when he would look into it, he could not see any way that good could triumph over evil. And he began to despair, and he does despair, as a matter of fact. The, the, the steward of Gondor despairs, and he actually tries to, in his despair, tries to kill his, the only son he has left, Faramir. And um, it doesn't work because it, Gandalf is there and, and one of the hobbits is with him at Gondor. They're defending Gondor from the enemy. But the, And here's the deal. That is instructive for us. The purpose of the fiction is to help us to realize sometimes um, that it can be an analogy of the spiritual life and help us to see. And the steward of Gondor was only looking at things from his perspective and from the perspective of the enemy. And of course, the enemy wants us to believe that he's defeated us and that he's won. But the reality is the enemy has been defeated. Jesus Christ came and the enemy was defeated. The darkness has been scattered. The light is present. 
But we have to still walk through the darkness. And in the darkness, we have to look to Christ to, to, so that we don't get caught up in this temptation of the enemy to say, you see, I've won already. There's no point in resisting anymore. Every time you have that temptation, you give in, you fall. I mean, psh, why try anymore? Just give up. God doesn't care. Well, you know what? That's the enemy thinking. God does care. You see, every time we fall into sin, it degrades us as human persons. It degrades the image of God in us. And that, that's offensive to God. God doesn't want us degraded. He wants us to live in union with him. And so we have to, in this night of the world that we live in, we have to keep our eyes fixed on the light, on Christ. And the angels are there to help us. God has given every one of us a guarding angel to give us light. But are we doing the things necessary to receive the light? Are we praying every day? Do we go to Mass every Sunday, every holy day, and during the week if possible? Are we praying our rosary, the chaplet of mercy? Are we going to confession on a frequent and regular basis? Are we reading the scriptures? By the way, if you're going to daily Mass, you can read and meditate. Every day you'll hear the scriptures. And Sunday, of course, you hear more. But you have this opportunity, but we need to open ourselves. And spiritual reading is very important to keep us from believing that the enemy has won because the enemy hasn't won. He's lost. Okay. So, but we have to fight the battle and the battle has been won. Christ won the battle. He won, but we need to engage in the battle with him. All right. So we want to keep our eyes on Christ and remember that we have an angel at our side, an angel that gives us light. Pray to your guarding angel many times a day. Acknowledge your guarding angel. Thank God for your guarding angel. Thank your guarding angel for his patience with you and for staying with you. And and listen to him. When he says, you know, when you hear that little, you know, read some of the scriptures, read some, pray a rosary, do those things. You know, go visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Spend some time with Jesus. So we have this secularism in our society where we the world has rejected God. You know, Freemasonry, by the way, is, is based on the idea that we can build the brotherhood of man without the fatherhood of God. Well, what makes men brothers if it's not the fact that we all have a common father who is God? So how can we build the brotherhood of man without the fatherhood of God? How is that even possible? But there are those who want to do that. So we have this darkness that stems from sin. Remember what I said? Sin, is the, is the, the, that's the problem. The, the answer is repentance. And, and you know, yeah, God's more than willing to forgive us of our sins, but we need to ask. We do need to ask. So confession, you know, that's why he gave us this sacrament of confession. So from the rejection of God and the light of his love. And the world is becoming ever more godless. And we see that. And yet we're pushing back, aren't we? Especially here in America, there's this push back. It's like, no, you're not going to take God away from us. You're not going to take the truth away from us. We're going to fight for it. But we need to fight from our knees. It's not just a matter of um, my, my doing it. It's my humbling myself before God and begging for his help. Well, back in 1995, Pope John Paul II, now St. John Paul, prophetically warned us about this trend in society to leave God out. He says, the eclipse of the sense of God and of man inevitably leads to a practical materialism, which breeds individualism, utilitarianism, and hedonism. Individualism, the only one who counts is myself. 
utilitarianism, only only what's useful is good. And hedonism, whatever I whatever makes me feel good is right. Okay, those that's what he's referring to. Here too we see the permanent validity of the words of the apostle. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to their base mind and to improper conduct. Remember, that was Romans 1, verse 28. We've taken a little break here from studying Romans because we're talking about Christmas. And, but it comes in here. Yeah, when we, when we give ourselves up to sin, God will allow us to suffer the consequences of that. And the consequences of that is that we will no longer be able to see clearly. Our minds won't think clearly. And we will give ourselves over to improper conduct degradation of our flesh. The values of being are replaced by those of having. Do you realize our value comes from the very fact that we exist, that we were made in God's image. Our value doesn't come from what we have. It doesn't even come from what, from what we can accomplish. Our value comes from being. We exist. God made us in his image as persons to be loved. We are loved. By God, loved into existence. This is what gives us value. It's not what we have. It's not even what we can do. John Paul goes on. The only goal which counts is the pursuit of one's material well-being. He's talking about the secular world that rejects God. We just want whatever is going to give us more material stuff. The so-called quality of life is interpreted primarily or exclusively as economic efficiency, inordinate consumerism, physical beauty, and pleasure. Is that what we're looking for? Is that really what's going to bring us happiness? This is what the world is saying. And yet when we pursue these things, then we exclude and neglect the more profound dimension of existence, the dimension which includes interpersonal relations, spiritual and religious existence and relations. We are not just a body. Man is a body, soul, spirit component. If we just take care of the needs of the body, the soul can die of starvation. We need interpersonal relationships. We need spirituality, real spirituality, not fake spirituality, not worship of the devil. We need worship of God, true spirituality. And we need religion, the religion that worships God the true God, the existence. This is from Evangelium Vitae, number 23. Now, Bishop Athanasius Schneider, in his new book, Christus Vincit, Christ Conquers, is addressing this whole reality of the darkness of the world we live in, okay? And he talks about the fact that we've reached a peak of secularism, of this complete independence of man, of this enormous anthropocentrism where everyone decides for himself what is true and what is good or what is evil. You know, I've heard people say that to me. Oh, well, that's, that's your truth. When I'm talking about the truths of God. And it's like, oops. So we'll be back with more. We want to walk in the light. So we want to have Christ as the center. We acknowledge the evils of the day, but we know that Christ is one. If you can make a year-end donation to Virgin Most Powerful Radio, go online or call us at 877-526-2151. Merry Christmas.
Welcome, Daniel. You're on the line. What's on your mind, brother? Hi, I just wanted to share a testimony about Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I had a buddy at work who, you know, he's a lukewarm Catholic guy, and I wanted him to start listening to the Terry and Jesse show, so I kept telling him to download the app, and he kept putting me off. So one day, I grabbed his phone, and I downloaded the app for him. I went on vacation, and you know, I kept telling him to listen to it. He was kind of put me off. I came back from vacation. He comes to my cubicle, and he says to me, hey, man, I've been listening to the Terry and Jesse show, and it's great. And it's uh, made a big impact in his life. The guy, he's going to weekly adoration a couple times a wow. week. He goes to the Mass in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an on-fire Catholic, and he promotes uh, the Terry and Jesse show on the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Wow. Daniel, what a testimony. And I want to encourage our listeners to get those cards by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org and uh, do what Daniel's doing. Go out and spread the faith by inviting people to listen to Virgin Most Powerful. Daniel, thanks for your testimony, brother. God love you. You're welcome. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. This is Jesse Romero. You're listening to Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Well, welcome back and Merry Christmas. We're still celebrating Christmas. It's still Christmas Day. Christmas season starts after tomorrow. Tomorrow's the octave day of Christmas. And then the Christmas season starts. And, and that, that continues on through Epiphany to the baptism of the Lord. But it's still Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas, everyone. And we're looking at Christ the light. The light came into the world. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not overcome it. We have to remember that. The darkness did not overcome it, despite what it looks like. <laughs> but if we're living in the light of Christ, if we're living in the state of grace, as Jesse and Terry always remind you, if we're going to confession on a frequent and regular basis, praying daily. Mother Teresa said, people said to her, well, what is your secret? She said, my secret secret is simple. She didn't say easy. She said simple. I pray. So we need to pray. So Bishop Athanasius Schneider in his book, Christus Vincit, talks about the darkness that we're living in. This darkness that's, that's rooted in Rejection of God, of putting God out of the center of life, of making man the center so that everything surrounds around myself. And what's interesting is, um, you know, we have this egoism and the ego is it gets pretty ugly, doesn't it? You know, when, when I mean, if I'm the center of existence, then anyone who gets in my way ought not to exist. Right. And unfortunately, this is caught. This is actually we've, we've carried this to its logical conclusion in our world. We have um, artificial contraceptives. 
which do kill children, by the way. They, they're called contraceptive, but they're not always contraceptive. They act as abortifacients, and some of them are just abortifacients. Um, then you have legalized induced abortion. You have legalized euthanasia and legalized infanticide, and you're like, are you serious? What is going on? What, what happened? What happened in our world? Like the frog that got boiled one degree at a time. You know, you put him in a pan of cold water, and then you start raising the temperature one degree at a time. He never recognizes it. And he won't jump out of the water and he'll boil to death. And are we stuck in this darkness and we're getting surrounded by the darkness and we're getting sucked up in it? And it gets pretty ugly. So if anybody's hindering me or getting in my way, I can get rid of them. And, you know, that's actually carried out on the streets with the gangs. You know, what do they do? They go around tagging. They go around tagging. They're marking their territories. Wait a minute. Where do we get that from? Men don't mark their territories. Animals do. We're not animals, people. Wake up. We're not here to live like animals. We're children of God. We are made in God's image. We're not animals. Don't let anybody reduce you to an animal. You're not an object to be used. You're not a, you're not a commodity to be bought and sold. You're not a toy to be played with. You're a person to be loved. You're made in God's image as a person to be loved. You are loved. And God loves you so much that he became man and lived among us to bring us the light and the life his life, to share with us his own very life. And so Bishop Athanasius tells us in Christus Vincit all these evils that are in the world. And, of course, we've seen the logical conclusion of them. You, know, you, you, you think humanism, that human beings have, you know, okay, so someone wants to be the master race, Nazi Germany, right? Of course, Hitler was consecrated to Satan, and, and the men in the Gestapo, most of them were occultists. They were, they were Satan worshipers. So that was all from Satan, this idea that we are the master race, and so we can subject everyone else to ourselves. No, that's not it. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, what about communism, where the state is, is God? And then, and then you have you know not just Russia, but you have Russia, China, Cuba, all these places. And what do they do? If someone's inconvenient to them, if someone gets in their way, we get rid of them. The Nazis, if someone's inconvenient, if someone gets in our way, we first it was the Jews and then it was the Christians and then it was anybody, the gypsies, the there were and especially, you know, the Catholics. And you want to get rid of them all because they're in our way, because they're standing and we want world domination. We want to establish world domination for ourselves. Egoism. I'm the leader. I'm the one. And it gets pretty ugly. Man, it's, it's pretty frightening what man can do without God. You know, it's funny. You, you meet people and they're, they're, they're kind people. They're, they seem to be very good. You're nice neighbors, but they won't pray every day. And then they, you know, they're not faithful to their, their families. And, and pretty soon you have a divorce and you have children left without a father. And you're like, but he was such a nice guy. We need God's help to be faithful to our vows, to be faithful to our families. Beautiful, Scott Hahn has been pointing out on Facebook during this Christmas season, Jesus Christ came into the world in a family. The family is the basic unit of society and of the church. The family is what God made as the image of his inner personal Trinitarian life. He made the family to reveal to the world the life of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit within themselves. God is God from all eternity. He existed from all eternity. He didn't have to become man. But because man had sinned and he wanted to redeem man and bring him back into communion with God, 
He became man and he came in a family. So the family is under attack. And of course, whenever we get focused on egoism, when I become the center, then we can't have family, can we? Because it's only about me. But that is so nearsighted, so focused on me that when I, I, I'm pretty miserable. You know, if I, if I were the only thing in the world that everybody needed to serve, that, that's pretty miserable because I'm not God. And then I'm not happy with being served because I'm not supposed to be served like that. Only God is supposed to be worshiped and adored. And so our whole world is turned upside down. And now we have this whole gender ideology. People really think that they can define who they are independent of reality. So now you have this whole, and it's not just, people aren't born this way. Remember that. Homosexuality and gender confusion comes from neglect, sinful neglect, and or abuse, sexual abuse. So I'm very, very sorry for all those people who have this confusion. And now it's actually being indoctrinated. Little children in schools are being indoctrinated into gender ideology that, that people can choose their own gender. Seriously? We tell kids they have to eat their vegetables because it's healthy for them. We tell them they have to go to school. We tell them they have to go to sleep at night. Oh, but they can choose their own gender. Excuse me, you were born either male or female. Every one of us was born either male or female. That's just biological reality. And you could change all of the biological um, exterior uh, evidence of your gender, but it's in your DNA. It's still there. You're either male or female. It's as simple as that. The confusion comes from sin. So the answer to that confusion is God. We need to turn to God. And if we don't turn to God, people start defining reality for themselves. We live in a world where we say, oh, well, you know, abortion, that's just a woman's right to choose. It's a woman's right to privacy. Excuse me, a pregnancy isn't a private thing. Number one, there are always two people involved. And yes, even if a woman's been raped, and granted, she didn't choose that pregnancy. But nonetheless, why are you punishing the child for the sin of the father? Why are you punishing the child? A pregnancy isn't a private thing. It becomes very evident when a woman's pregnant. And it's between the mother and the father. But, but again, it's, it's between them and God because no human being can create another human being. Only God can make a human soul. And it's the human soul that gives us life. And God makes that soul and infuses it into the fertilized egg to say, yes. And, and that child will grow. And from the very first moment of conception, that child is a human being made in God's image, developing and growing, but nonetheless a human being made in God's image. And so this idea that we ourselves can define reality, we can define our genders, we can define um, who we can kill and who we can't kill or what, you know, yes, we can legislate morality. We do it all the time. You know, people are saying that President Trump did immoral things. Well, how can you say that? Oh, because he broke this in. And of course, they're making things up that aren't true. But, but another example is um, thou, if you kill someone in, in cold-blooded murder, that's, that's a crime. If you, if you steal from someone, that's a crime. You know, taking drugs, illegal street drugs, that's a crime. Why? Because we legislate morality all the time. <laughs> there would be no order in society if we didn't legislate morality. 
so we need to be the bearers of the light of Christ. And that was what at the beginning when we talked about the shepherds. The shepherds are in the field, and they are to be a witness to the light, and we are to be a witness to the light. So the light of Christ is present in our world. Jesus is still with us. Remember, he's Emmanuel, God with us, not just in the past, but he's really present among us in the Holy Eucharist, in his sacraments, in his church. And he lives in us spiritually when we are in the state of grace. Can't infallibly know if I'm in the state of grace, but I can pray the prayer every day, right? St. Joan of Arc, you taught us. Thank you. Lord, if I am in the state of grace, please keep me there. And if I am not in the state of grace, Lord, please put me there. And I cannot continue to desire to be in the state of grace without infallibly being put in the state of grace, according to St. Francis de Sales. So just as the apostles were sent to preach the gospel to the nations, so today as Catholics, we are called to encounter the light in the person of Jesus, unite ourselves with him, and be his light to the world around us. We are to hand on the faith in what St. John Paul II named the new evangelization of the neo-pagans in the world around us. We're living in a neo-pagan world. We have a new way of reaching those who have lost basic human values. Do we realize that? The value of life. We have lost the most basic human value, but the light of Christ can enlighten us and bring us back. And this is our task. And it seems daunting. And it seems like the opposition of the secular society is getting pretty violent and pretty vile. But it would be a temptation, Cardinal Ratzinger wrote, to expect, quote, immediately to attract large masses that have distanced themselves from the church by using new and more refined methods. No, this is not what the new evangelization promises. Rather, it means to dare once again with the humility of the small grain to leave up to God the when and how it will grow. Mark 4, 26-29. That was from a homily, December 2nd, 2000. So we plant the seed and we leave it up to God to let it grow. We don't have to do everything on our own. God is with us and he will help us. This is Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We're wishing you a Merry Christmas. We're still celebrating Christmas. We'll be back with more of the light of Christ. This is Matthew Arnold for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. This March, VMPR, in association with the Catholic Resource Center, will be hosting a special conference for the Adoramus Society. Adoramus at the Triduum, a conference on the spirituality of the Triduum liturgies, featuring speakers Father Joseph Fessio, Dr. Anthony Lillis, and Christopher Carstens, addressing such topics as developing a liturgical spirituality, the spirituality of Holy Thursday, the spirituality of Good Friday, and the spirituality of the Paschal Vigil and Easter season. It all takes place March 14, 2020, at the historic Sacred Heart Chapel at 381 West Center Street, Covina, California, 91723. 
You can register online at vmpr.org or call now at 877-526-2151 to reserve your seat today for Adoramus at the Triduum. Jesus said in Luke 17, When you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have only done our duty. According to St. John of the Cross, God is pleased with the little deeds we do in secret. He takes more pleasure in these than in a multitude of grand works that we may do out of the desire to be seen by others. May God help us to do the things that please Him and not just to appear great in the eyes of others. selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Again, Merry Christmas. We're still celebrating Christmas Day. And if anyone is out there is uh, in a position to make a year-end donation to Virgin Most Powerful Radio, it helps to pay the bills and keeps the lights going and keep us on, on the Internet here. Um, 877-526-2151, or you can go on our website. Uh, virginmostpowerfulradio.org. I also want to, um, Opus Sanctorum Angelorum, I'm using their their Christmas Advent Christmas 2019 newsletter here. Um, Sister Mary Basilea wrote a wonderful article, and it's. I'm not going to get through the whole article today. You're going to have to go online to the opusangelorum.org, opusangelorum.org, that's Latin words, O-P-U-S-A-N-G-E-L-O-R-U-M.org. And um, you can look this up, Scattering the Darkness in the Light of Christ. So this is what we're about. We wanted. We talked about the beginning, the Gospel of John today was the, the reading, the Gospel reading for today. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. We have to remember that. When we're living in the midst of darkness, when we're in the midst of the war, we have to remember that the last battle is won and Christ has already conquered. Okay, so we need to keep our eyes focused on Christ. So we're talking about... Um, this and bearing the light of Christ, the new evangelization that John Paul II talked about. And Cardinal Ratzinger told us that it's not about just new methods. It's about planting the seed and letting God give the growth in God's time, being humble before God. So in order to be a witness for Christ, it is necessary that first we ourselves have a firm, knowledgeable, devoted, selfless, and joyful faith filled with zeal and the courage to confess it before others without concern for our personal consequences. What kind of faith? Firm, knowledgeable, devoted, selfless, joyful faith filled with zeal and the courage to confess it before others without concern for personal consequences. 
So we have to let the light of Christ shine through us. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. So we want to let the light of Christ shine. And every day, what was Terry always telling you? You want more faith? Ask for it. My God, I believe in you. Increase my faith. Ask the Lord for more faith. Ask him for more hope and charity every day. And ask him to let his light shine through you. This is a beautiful prayer. Mother Teresa used to pray, radiating Christ. You know, that Jesus would live in her and shine through her. So to shine that others would see the light. But the light would be all from Jesus. None of it would be from Mother or from us. It's about letting Jesus shine through us. And so we want to make sure that we're not... We don't need to measure what is the consequence for me. We want to bring Christ to the world so that the world can come back to Christ and that we too ourselves pray for the grace of final perseverance. That after having preached to others, I myself may not fall away, as St. Paul told us. Okay, so only he who knows and loves his faith will have the courage to bear witness to it and the zeal to share it with others. And remember, sharing your faith with others Sometimes it's the action. It's the catching force, as Mother Teresa says in that prayer, the catching force, the sympathetic influence, the evident fullness of the love that my heart bears for you. So that when I see someone in need, I say, can I help? What can I do to help you in this circumstance? How can I help you? That's the gospel. How can I help? My mother used to say the mark of a Christian is How can I help? So it doesn't mean you have to go out there on the street corners and get on a soapbox and preach the gospel. It just means to be there, first of all, for your family, for your neighbors. What can I do to help you? And then Pope Paul VI makes clear that this witness is a witness of our lives. And in his Evangelium Nuntiandi, he says, it is primarily by her conduct and by her life that the church will evangelize the world. In other words, by her living witness of fidelity to the Lord Jesus, the witness of poverty and detachment, of freedom in the face of the powers of this world, in short, the witness of sanctity. So that when we go to a party, we might excuse ourselves early in order to be able to have time to pray. We're not going to stay up all night Just to party, we're going to go and pray or go home early because, you know what, I have my duty to do tomorrow. Today is not the only day of my life. If I die tonight, well, yeah, that might happen. But I'm as far as I know, I have tomorrow to prepare for. So I need to prepare for it by going to bed at a reasonable hour. But And that should include prayer. We should have prayer at the beginning of the day, at the middle of the day, at the end of the day, all throughout the day. Pray always, Jesus said. (laughs) So... Um, so we want to make sure and, and not, you know, if someone invites you to a movie that's an R-rated movie, you can just say, no, thank you. I mean, remember, The Passion of the Christ was R-rated, but that was for the violence and, and also because they wanted to limit the audience. That's not the R-rated movie I'm talking about. I'm talking about movies where violence and sex become entertainment. And by the way, movies that teach you that your ends justifies your means are not good movies. Because your ends doesn't justify your means. Okay, we have to live a Christian life, a holy life. And by the way, that sanctity means living in union with God day by day. And you know what? If we're not praying, we're not living in union with God. And praying doesn't just mean, you know, oh, good morning, God. Got to run off. And no, we need to spend time with our Lord. Quality time. I remember years ago, Father Mitchell Pacwa said, 
Remember in the Bible, it says we're supposed to tithe a tenth of our goods to the Lord. Well, it's not just a tenth of our goods. It's a tenth of our time. Do we give the Lord one tenth of every single day? 24 hours in a day, right? What's one tenth of 24 hours? Well, I may be doing the math wrong, but if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not, it's 2.4 hours. And that's four tenths of an hour. So every tenth of an hour is six minutes. So it's two hours and 24 minutes of time that I set aside to spend exclusively with the Lord in prayer. Now that could be time in community prayer, you know, like in religious communities where they pray the office in community, but they're all focused on our Lord. Each person is individually communicating with the Lord and the Lord is speaking to them. When you pray the divine office, you're reading the scripture. So the Lord's speaking to you too. The rosary as a family. Yes. The Holy mass. Do we spend, do we take two hours and 24 minutes out of our day though, our waking hours to spend in time in prayer with our Lord, a daily holy hour, daily mass, the Holy rosary, the chaplet of mercy, you know, right there, you've got the daily mass is about a half hour. The holy hour is an hour. That's an hour and a half. The rosary takes 15. Well, some people, I take about 25 minutes if I'm praying it alone. Um, and, and the chaplet of mercy, you know, that's, that's almost two hours right there. And then times throughout the day, spiritual reading, 15 minutes of spiritual reading every day. Read part of the scriptures or read one of the writings of the saints, what the saints have written. Okay. So our, this new evangelization is going to be based on our working in union with God and allowing God to work in and through us. And God has given us an angel. He's given us an angel to help us, to inspire us, to show us the way. At the side of the people of God stands the luminous angel. He protects and guards. He leads and opens the way. He fights and helps us to take the victory. He throws light upon the right path and the future. At the side of the heathens, however, gathered thousands of demons, inciting them, tempting them to a thirst for power and malice, to pride and brutal violence, to idolatry and, and treachery. Their temptations do not fear God. That's part of one of their temptations. Don't fear God. You will not suffer any harm if you do not obey. On the contrary, that's the temptation. These temptations always have the serpent as their origin, which we know today as the God of money, the God of greed and self-seeking. And that was from uh, the writings of Mother Biederlicht, Mother Gabriella, the foundress of the Opus Angelorum. And so we want to follow the light of Christ, not the light of the demons. We know that we have a beautiful luminous angel at our side, okay? The angel gives us light, and he's going to enlighten us Each is light in his own field. At the side of each stands legions of angels, all oriented toward the one goal, God. We're all oriented toward God. The angels will help us pray. Ask your angel to help you pray. If each one of us has a different goal in mind to forward his own opinion, to attaining nothing but his own personal satisfaction, his legal position, his success, the advancement of his personality, of his influence, There would be no unity and consequentially also no victory. Therefore, we may not let ourselves split off from one another. Remember the Romans, the Roman legions? What was their modus operandi? Divide and conquer. When they're coming against someone, they want to divide them because you can conquer that way. So we have to stand together. 
if we don't stand together, as it was it, if we don't all hang together, guys, they're going to hang us separately. So let's all hang together. You know, it's the beautiful story of St. Mark G. Tian Chen, the, the Chinese martyr who died during the Boxer Revolution. And there were nine members of his family who died with him, his family, extended family, one son, six grandchildren, and then other members of the family. And he said, I want to be the last to die because I don't want any of them to die alone. So he stood by the side of each one, encouraging them to have the courage to go through with martyrdom. And then he was martyred last. But the beautiful example that we're together in this and we, our prayers support one another and we, we are bringing the light to one another and to others. When we allow Christ to shine through us, the world will be a brighter place. When we renounce sin and refuse to be mastered by sin, and by the way, don't just ask for more faith every day. Renew your baptismal vows every day. I renounce sin and refuse to be mastered by the glamour of evil. I renounce Satan and all his pomps and works and all his empty promises. And I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the virgin, suffered, died, was buried, rose from the dead, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the world to come. Lord, this is the faith in which we live. We are proud to profess it, and we wish to die in this faith. Let us live and die in this faith and bring this faith to the world. Be a light to the world. Renew those baptismal vows every single day. Thank you so much for joining us on Bible with the Barbers in this Christmas season. We want to keep looking at Christmas. Know that Christmas doesn't end today or tomorrow. We still have the Christmas season goes all the way through um, the Epiphany until the baptism of the Lord. And so we are walking in the light of Christ to bring Christ to the world, the light of Christ to the world. So if you can make a year-end donation to um, Virgin Most Powerful Radio, go on our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org, or go to um, 877-526-2151, the phone. You can also look up the opusangelorum.org, www.opusangelorum.org, and get their um, Advent Christmas 2019 uh, uh, circular letter to get this beautiful, beautiful meditation on Christmas. And they have many more beautiful meditations to share with you also. Thank you for listening and for joining us. Keep us in prayer. And we hope to be back again next week, God willing. And for more Bible study on Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests Oh my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole church, grant it love, and the light of thy spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, may the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us.
Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.